God in Christ was reconciling the world to himself. And he has entrusted to us the news that they are reconciled. Some translations will say, and he has entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. He has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. From the gospel acclamation, taken from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5. Otito derejeso. Reconciliation. Where there is a misunderstanding between two persons. But not only that, reconciliation, bringing back an erring member of the community into the fold, into the right path. Nduzi. Nankwaya chite madaza. No zozirezi. This is a message, a ministry, a responsibility of every Christian. The prophet Ezekiel tells us in the first reading, I have made you a sentinel, a watchman. You have to carry the message of correction admonition, exhortation to the people, especially if somebody is doing something wrong and you have noticed it, you have an obligation. It is recommended. An obligation to tell him. If you don't tell him, he will die because of his sin. But his sin is on your head. But if you tell him and he does not listen, well, he will die for his sin, but you have saved yourself. There is a phrase that has become very popular in Nigeria today. An expression that everybody loves. Speaking truth to power. Yes, Bishop. We expect you people to speak truth to power. Oh, you expect me to tell those in power and authority the truth about their work. But I should not tell you, child of God, the truth about your own life so that you do the right thing and save yourself. It is part of the hypocrisy of our modern Christianity, especially in this country, that many people go to church to listen to what the preacher will tell others. Any day I hear 
Bishop, Ikuye Tata, Emanonya, Chernusuk Nendagwar. Are you listening to what they are telling government? Are you listening to what they are telling your enemies? sometimes. Or are you listening to what the word of God is saying to you? And the interpretation of that word through his ministers, what are you listening to? When I'm explaining the word of God here, I think you need to know that the first person I'm addressing is myself. Because as St. Paul said, I don't want to, after having been an announcer, become disqualified myself. If you come to any mass or any liturgy of the word and there is nothing you are taking away from it that encourages you as a Christian, that incites you or moves you to change your life for the better, then that encounter was wasted. Son of man, you are a watchman. Tell them. Tell your brothers. Tell your sisters. And also tell yourself first. Today's gospel is not easy. You know, some like to put paper over difficult passages of the gospel. Make them look very easy. First of all, I want to warn those who think that every copy of the Bible is correct. The Bible was not written in its form now. The gospel you just heard from this translation said, if your brother does anything against you, Take the bulletin if you have the bulletin. Check the gospel of today. What does he say? If your brother does something wrong. Against who? Not stated. Which one is correct? Are you to take up the issue of what your brother or sister does that is wrong only when it is against you? Or are you to take it up whether it is against you or against anybody or against the society but you see that it is wrong? One version says against you. Another says anything that is wrong. What happened? The Bible was not dictated. Nobody had a tape recorder when Jesus was talking. Many of the things he said, even the disciples did not take them seriously until after his death and resurrection. And by the time they received the Holy Spirit, who led them to the understanding of the whole truth, they remember the things that Jesus taught them and understood them and recorded them. But each person in his own way. But more than that, as they wrote, what they wrote was copied by others 
and in copying some mistakes and even modifications have been made. And that is why you have what they call manuscripts of the Gospels. Some manuscripts contain this and other manuscripts contain the other. Which one is right? Some people spend their whole life studying these things in order to explain them to us. And those people are the service of the church. They are called biblical exegetes and biblical theologians. But whether or not it was just against you or against anybody, the policy or the steps advised or the steps recommended, commanded even by Jesus are obligatory. Later in verse 21, Peter would make it more specific, but that will be for next Sunday. What if my brother sins against me and comes to ask for forgiveness? How many times will I forgive? That time it becomes more specific, but that will be for another day. If your brother or your sister does anything wrong, whether against you or against anybody, against the society, against the Nigerian community, Against the church, against the parish, anything, but you have noticed it. Jesus says, Go and talk it out with them, just the two of you in private. Just the two of you. Now, very often, you know, Mabel, we sow it as a seed in our hearts and other vices we have will help that seed serve as manure for the seed that will germinate as bitterness and may eventually explode as violence. Either the violence of physical attack or the violence of calumny and slander. Nkuto. Jesus says, no, take it easy. One step at a time. Go to that person. Dine Husband and wife. Brothers and sisters. Fathers and their mother, fathers, mothers and their children. Pay closer attention to this. If you don't talk things over, they will eventually grow out of proportion. They file wrongdoings. And they will never tell you. When they will tell you will be when there will be a problem or a quarrel. And once somebody is talking out of a, a quarrel or anger, the Discussion will never be objective. Then 
That is why it is important. And Paul tells us, do not even let the sun set with something you have perceived as wrongdoing. Go and talk it over. This is the first step of winning your brother or your sister back. Of reconciliation in case it was done against you or against the community. You have to make the first attempt. Don't wait. Because sometimes then it may become clearer to him. And as you go to discuss it with him, Jesus said, go and talk it over with him, you two of you, face to face, just in private. He did not say, go and confront him. Confrontation is not always a good thing. It's not about confrontation. It is about reconciliation. It is about rebuilding. And it takes patience and discipline. But above all, love. Paul tells us, don't owe anybody anything except love. This discussion, this talking over, must be dictated by nothing apart from the goodwill of the of making the other person better. The goodwill to make the other person better. It's not just about righting a wrong. Because I keep telling you that a wrong that has been done can no longer be undone. An action once computed will never be incomplete again. can never be reversed. It is a second action. Now it will never cancel the fact. Only God can cancel our actions through forgiveness. It's not about just righting a wrong. But we need your brother back. Because what do you gain? It is possible the person will not listen to you. Take one or two other persons as recommended by the law of Moses because the witness of two or three will be valid. Whom are you taking and why? If you are inviting people to mediate and those people whom you are inviting to mediate are interested parties, people who have to gain from your quarrel or from your difficulty, don't expect any reconciliation. They won't be honest. You know, as I said at the beginning of Mass, our country is being torn apart. By the incapacity to reconcile. Only six years after our independence, in 1966, some military officers thought 
that the politicians were not getting things right and staged a coup. That coup set a ball rolling that eventually culminated in the worst massacre and genocide in modern African history, the Nigeria-Biafran War. Attempts at discussion, mediation, failed, mainly because one of the major partners in mediation was an interested party, the British. When you are calling those who sell arms, when you are calling those who steal your minerals when you are fighting, when you are calling those who want your population to be reduced to half, to come and mediate between you and your brother because you are quarreling, you can imagine the type of advice he will give you. But that is not the worst. The worst is that since after that war, no attempt has been made at reconciliation. Let us talk this thing over. My brother and friend, the Bishop of Sokoto, Matthew Hassan Kuka, has kept saying, until Nigerians sit down and discuss the injustices done to the Easterners during the war and ask for pardon for the unjust murder, there will be no peace. And let me warn those going for Biafra, we will break away, but we will carry our heart with us. Even if we break away, that does not solve the problem. Let us talk these things over. How are you going to Autonomous community. Autonomous community. Then the gay jugume cannot or make a way into autonomous community. Villainese. Eh, no be habile or lanandu will. I'm on the walanging with tea. Eh, no be habile. I said I ain't boku. Heaven do mamu, kirielile. Eh, no be habile. Mogane head, Jerekoko. I am again with your nephew. I'm sick away. Hm. Nenugu. That does not solve the problem. We can no longer count the number of autonomous communities in Igbo land. And yet we have been unable even to unite and get one extra state to balance the geopolitical zones in Nigeria. Because divided, we cannot stand... Why can't we sit down? Reconciliation takes time. It needs patience. It requires love. After the war, they told us there will be a reconstruction, reconciliation, and rehabilitation. As us, not one of those things was done. And because we have not been able to talk these things over... The injury that was done to a people is handed from one generation to another generation. Scrapping history from our curriculum in the secondary schools will not solve the problem. The problem will be solved by let us sit down and talk these things over. And if we can't handle it, we are going to Mali to reconcile them. 
Whom have we invited to come and help us reconcile ourselves? In our arrogance, we don't even accept we have any problem. If it doesn't work, invite some people who are more or less neutral, who have nothing to gain by your quarrel or by your reconciliation, except that love is reigning. Invite them to help you look at this. But that may not work. And Jesus says, in that case, take it to the church. Again, I come to husbands and wives. Many marriages have been dissolved in the law courts. I mean Catholic marriages. Many people who were married in the church have obtained divorce in the courts. Your marriage took place before God and his people. And you have not even attempted to give God and his people an opportunity to solve your problem. in land and a court. Well, too much legalism always creates more problems than it can solve. Because by the time you go to court and you equate the wrong and right and the marriage is dissolved, then the problem of custody of the children will come. By the time one of you wins the custody of the children, one may win the custody of one child and the other wins the custody of two children. By the time the children grow up, ayada. Take it to the church. Why do you have to take it to the church? So that the community will reflect on this. The community will especially pray. Because we are two or three are gathered and they ask my father, please reconcile these people. We think that Jesus means uh, whatever you ask, if you want a car, you'll get it. If you want a job, you'll get it. If you want money, you'll get it. Well, I don't know whether it is happening like that. But the most difficult aspect of this gospel is the last part. If he does not listen to the church, then treat him as a pagan, that is Gentile, or a tax collector. I have listened to priests preach, including this morning, who say, treat him like an outcast, have nothing again to do with him. I find that difficult to accept as what Jesus meant. It is true that if you read the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 5, from verses 1 to 13, you'll hear the story of a man who was so immoral as to live with his father's wife. And Paul told them, how can you tolerate this type of person in your community? Please, don't have anything to do with this type of person. Well, that's about not allowing an evil company to corrupt the rest of the community. But when Jesus tells you to treat the person who could not be helped by personal encounter, by two or three people together, 
and by the church, when he tells you to treat him like a Jew or a, gen, a Gentile or a, a tax collector, what does he mean? The first time I preached this sermon ever in my life as a priest, in 1984, a few months after my ordination, it was in a hospital, UNTH, at the chaplaincy there. And some idea came into my mind. I told the medical community there, the hospital community, that in the hospital, in the management of illness, there are grades. When somebody has a minor illness, he may just go to the chemist, the chemist shop, pharmacy shop, a mix area. But after taking the medication he obtained from the chemist for some days and it is not working, what is the next thing? He may go to the hospital. When he comes to the hospital, where does he start? Where we call outpatients department, OPD. And it is only from the OPD that the doctor may determine whether he could take medication and go home or he will do what? The next stage, go on admission. And on the stage, all you say to an admission, then object the ICU. I told the hospital, what is the problem of many Christians is that once we have headache, we take people to ICU. Intensive care unit. You try easier solutions first. And there is a graduation of these solutions. If it is something that can be helped just by giving the person some medication from the chemist shop, thanks be to God. If it needs seeing a doctor and it can be treated in outpatient department, okay. If he needs admission for some days, alright. But if it then can't be helped and he requires intensive care, let him then be put in intensive care unit where he can be put on oxygen on all this and all that. But you just don't begin. Except in very grievous cases, you will tell me, yes, you will replicate. No, when you check the major mother's process on your mom, well, he had a proverb or parable is that it is never a perfect example, but it is an example. Jesus was teaching us if you have done all your best and the person can't be helped then you know he needs intensive care. He needs intensive care. And this was recorded by Matthew, a tax collector. How did Jesus treat Matthew? He invited him to be his friend. The chief of the tax collectors at his time was Zacchaeus. How did he treat Zacchaeus? He went to his house. How did he treat the centurion? He told the Jews, not even in Israel have I found faith like this. And of course he was accused of being a friend of tax collectors and sinners. If all human efforts fail, then that person becomes a candidate for special prayer, a person who needs conversion afresh. 
God's grace, God's mercy, the help of the community, love, patience, prayer, everything together. I don't think, and I will not accept that our Lord said, No. Don't ever give up on a brother or a sister who is doing wrong. And when you hand him over to God, don't hand him over to God for punishment. Hand him over to God in prayer for mercy and conversion. I always say, and I will repeat it next Sunday, if you report those who hurt you to Jesus, pay attention to what he will tell you. Because he is likely to tell you to do for him or them, to do for them what he himself, Jesus Christ, does for those who hurt him. You and I, who hurt him daily. What does he do for us? He not only forgives us, but he redeems us. So if you report those who hurt you to Jesus because they, they hurt you, he will tell you not only to forgive them, but to make sacrifices for their redemption. If you are not ready to suffer for the forgiveness and redemption of your enemy, better for you not to report him to God. The Holy Ghost, fire. And the Holy Ghost will be blessing the person, giving him love, giving him protection, and you will be burning with the anger and hate of your brother or sister. Reconciliation deserves all our efforts. Never give up. Whether as individuals or as communities, if we give up on reconciliation, on the effort to reconcile, when people have done wrong or when something is grievously wrong, then the result is total breakdown. And as people of faith on, and hope, love should always fire us never to accept that any situation is irremediable. 